name is Fortune Teller Baba, and you're listening to the Hermit Style Podcast. Now, where's my brother? I need my 10 zenny back with 57 years interest. Welcome to the Hermit Style Podcast. Talking all about the Dragon Ball Supercard game. From competitive play to the world of collecting. With your host, Jimmy Bacon. Yo, yo, yo! What's up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast. We are back. It is October 31st. Happy Halloween, everybody. Sorry this is late again. If, If only... You all knew my struggle this past week with technology. Let me tell you. Uh, for those that missed the announcement, we have a, uh, a Hermit Style now has a competitive team. Uh, you can listen to last week's episode to hear the roster. But we are planning on doing YouTube videos. So our first video is supposed to drop on Thursday. If you've checked, you can see there is still no video. <laughs> uh, I have done the video now four times and I cannot get it to render. Uh, Every time I put it in my video editing software and I click the button to render it, it gives me a like completion time of like seven hours. So it won't be finished for seven hours. And then sometime over the course, probably hour three to five, the program just crashes and it doesn't render. So now I have to redo the whole thing again. I'm going to try and compress all the video files and then redo it and see maybe it's just the video file is trying to work with is too big that my maybe my computer can't process it. I don't know. But that tied up my computer for the last couple of days, which is why I didn't record the pod because uh, I was trying to do that. And then I finished the podcast actually this morning. It's now Sunday afternoon. I finished it this morning. Uh, I went out. I had to run a couple errands. I came back so I could finish editing and post it. And I clicked a button that opened up a new file and completely erased everything I recorded this morning. (laughs) So now I am also recording the podcast for a second time. So, um, yeah, that's, that's my day, my week. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but we have a lot of big things in the works for Hermit Style. I'm excited. Uh, we have, I I can't announce them yet. I, I kind of alluded to it last week as well. Uh, it will be announced in the very near future, but huge, huge announcements coming very soon. So the good news is that there are bigger and better things on the way. And um, Ethan from Lobat is going to help me with the video stuff. So hopefully that'll get figured out and then we will be smooth sailing once again, normal release schedule and all that. But I apologize. Uh, it's just been beyond my control. <laughs> uh, but anyways, we have a fun episode today. We are on the second of our four part series, The Road to Nats. Uh, today I have a very good friend of the show on, uh, he's hilarious fan favorite. You guys are going to love it. And we pick yet another top tier deck that we think we will see at Nats. That may also be a good deck for you to play. Uh, but regardless, if you're going to play it or play against it, this is a great episode to listen to, to get some insight. Uh, but before we jump into that, let's get into the news. From the I'm trying my absolute best to be like happy and energetic and entertaining this episode, 
but this is this is hard. <laughs> I'm not only having to do this a second time, but now I have to go into a news segment where I will warn you all I'm going to be extremely pessimistic <laughs> because uh, the news that we've gotten over the past two weeks for Dragon Ball has just mostly been bad. Just straight bad. There's no getting. I'm not going to lie and pretend. I, I see some people saying how these are great things for the game. I think they're just lying to try and save face. Uh, maybe they really feel that way. I don't know. That I I don't see how any of this news could be good for the competitive game though. So, anyways, let, let I will try not. <laughs> I'll try not to sound too complainy or too too pessimistic, but no promises. <laughs> Uh, but here's the news. Here's the news. So Bandai came out and you know what? We'll start on the good part of things. The good part is that Bandai decided that set 15 tournament promos will not be legal for Nats. Great move. Great decision. I fully support this. It would be ridiculous for them to be legal. Literally the only players who could get them would be those who had the hookup from stores that were willing to crack them and just give them to them. So shout out to Bandai for doing that. That's great. Perfect. Thank you for listening that much. Um, awesome. The rest of this just goes downhill. <laughs> so set 15 as a whole is still legal. Terrible. Uh, at this point, it's not changing. I don't see how it could change. I think we had a small window where we tried, we fought, we petitioned, we did all that we could. Um, there were literally at least 100 people who commented and said this is a bad decision. Uh, Bandai did not go back on it. And at this point now, you can also pre-order the cards to pick up at nationals and those have already been going. The yellow SRs have already sold out once they just got restocked. Uh, so there's, there's no way at this point it's, it's a done deal. Set 15 is legal. Uh, so we've lost that battle, but they also heard our cries about there being too many draws in the format, which there are. Uh, and instead of making it better, they did act on it. So at least they acted on it, but they just, they made it worse. <laughs> they just made it a hundred percent worse for draws. What they did was they said, if you are in game two, there's no longer overtime. Whoever won game one in a best of three just wins the match. You have to understand what format we are in. We are not in a format where decks can finish through a best of three easily already. So now if you're going into time in game two, you do not even have the opportunity to try and finish the game. This literally kills off decks for players. There, so we're already killing off decks from set 15, right? There's already going to be players who can't get these cards. We already saw the yellow SRs sold out, like I said, in less than a day. They did get restocked, but they're going to get sold out again, and there's going to be players who can't get them. So we're already limiting those decks for, for a certain number of players. Now, there are decks that go long, that also can't be played because if you play a deck that goes extremely long, you're essentially saying, I am going to win every single game one. I am going to play perfectly against all of the best players in the country for anywhere from five to, I don't know, eight, nine rounds. That sounds ridiculous. I mean, there's going to be people who try it. I'm sure some will be successful. But that is so risky. I mean, you're spending so much money to be here and you're basically saying that nah, I'm OK with just playing best of one because here's the thing. We are going we have decks right now that can barely finish game two. Sometimes they still can't finish game two, but at least we had a fighting chance, right? 
So if I'm playing a slow, slow deck like Hatchjack, and I know I'm losing game one, I can scoop, move on to game two, side in the cards I need, and try to win game two, and at least I get a draw and not a loss. We were never going to game three. That's not because of slow play. We were just never going there. But at least I had that fighting chance to not get zero points. At least I can get that point for the draw. Now that is completely taken away from me. And now it's just whoever wins game one wins. That's terrible. What if this? there's so much variability in card games? Best of three helps to take away that variance. Well, now if you play a long deck, a long grindy control deck, your variance has now gone up through the roof. And I just, uh, I just hate it. Uh, a lot of testing for people who are testing these decks, including myself, is probably a wash. Uh, a lot of people are pivoting off of them. Some people are just saying, you know what? I've already tested this long for it. I'm just going to play the deck anyways and be at a disadvantage. That feels bad. Any way you spin it, all these decisions just feel bad for the players. I have yet to hear an argument of why this is a good thing. And you're also encouraging players now to slow play. I know they're saying they're trying to, this is supposed to be the opposite, but it's not. You now just took 10 minutes off the clock. So now sell surge players can play slow and play a nice long game too. So I'm going to hope that game one, my opponent didn't side in any cards. We're going to play a nice long game. I'm going to keep you top decking for a while. I'm going to win. I'm going to go to game two. I'm going to side in cards that help me delay the game. And we're going to go to time. And because I won game one, I win the match. You're going to see that so often. And, oh, I lost game one? Well, now I have two more chances and I can just play normal. So any way you spin it, this just it's just a bad feel. This isn't the kinds of strategies that players should have to think about. And you can we can table, again, the, the conversation of how ethical or moral it is. I, honestly, that doesn't apply to this situation because the fact of the matter it is whether you agree with these strategies or not, this is what is going to happen. So you have to take all of those considerations aside and just take the approaches from a realistic point of view and say, this is the format we are in. And it just feels bad. It puts a bad taste in your mouth. It's killed a lot of my excitement for nets. And like I said, um, <laughs> I, I've tried not to be too pessimistic pessimistic or complaining, but I think I've already failed at that. I'm just, it, it's just, it's got me in a bad mood. I'm sorry, guys. It's, it's got me in a funk. <laughs> maybe I'll feel better. We're about to test all day long after I drop this episode. So maybe, maybe I'll feel better after we start testing. But that news, just ter terrible, terrible news. I don't understand why they would do that because it's not the, what they wanted to happen is technically going to happen because there will be less draws, but it's not going to happen the way they thought. It's just going to basically increase the amount of people scum players <laughs> like, and you're going to that. So you, you, ha I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Y'all let me know how you feel about it. Maybe I'm overreacting. If I'm overreacting, let me know. Make, make, give me some good points, some good counter arguments. Please actually, please do that. So I can get happier about the game. I'm, I'm not very happy about it right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, that's really all the news uh, for Dragon Ball. There are some Mythic Booster reveals. You can check those out. There's new art. They dropped the art for Chain Attack Trunks and Unbreakable Goku today. So that's cool. I, don't, I mean, we weren't playing those cards, but uh, or maybe someone was. Someone out there has probably got some wild spice and is calling me an idiot right now. But for the most part, majority of players not playing those cards. 
Uh, so it doesn't really matter. They look cool. It's cool that we have foils from non-foil cards, but uh, at least we got that going. And um, yeah, that's it for Dragon Ball. Uh, other news for Hermit Style. Yesterday, I attended the Virginia Beach Card Show again. Uh, this was the second event I was at. It was a great time. Make sure you give them a follow. It is VA Beach Cards with a Z, not an S at the end, on Instagram. Uh, lots of great content, all kinds of different games there. A lot of sports cards, but we got to represent Dragon Ball. It was cool because last time I think I was the only uh, main Dragon Ball person, and this time there was a second. So it's cool to see that growing uh, and start kind of introducing players of other spaces into our game. And I had so many people, Pokemon was pretty big there and I had a lot of Pokemon players come over just looking at the art that hadn't really seen it in person before and they were loving it. So it's cool to, to spread the game in that way and encourage people to, to jump in and try it out and collect or play or whatever it is they like to do. So it was definitely super cool. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to be another coming up. I think there's going to be one more show before the end of the year. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. So if that happens, I will definitely let you guys know and hopefully you can, you can make it out to the next one. But anyways, that's everything. Uh, hoping for better days ahead. <laughs> but it looks like this is where we're at with the game. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Next episode, fingers crossed, I'll be more optimistic after some testing. And maybe I'll have a brighter outlook. We will see. <laughs> but enough of this. Um, I, I, I probably am sounding extra annoyed because just of having to redo this. I'm having to go through all this a second time, and I think it's just making me more frustrated. Uh, I, I think the first recording was probably a little more positive than this one, but it's okay. Let's uh, let's let's switch gears. We're going to move into our main topic. Uh, just a, real quick before we go into it, this when we recorded, you'll notice that a couple times I referenced that this is the last part of our series. Uh, I had recorded this intending it for this to be the fourth one um, of the Road to Nats, but it ended up scheduling wise. It just worked better to drop this one today. So I apologize. <laughs> it, it it was just we recorded this a couple of days ago and uh, intending to drop it in two weeks. And it just so turned out that this was the one that had to drop today. So I uh, apologize for that confusion. But anyways, without further ado, let's jump into the second of the four-part series, The Road to Nats. Turtle School Weekly Focus. All right, everybody. So we are back for another episode of The Road to Nats. And who better than to bring on a fan favorite of the podcast? Uh, you may know him as one of the Super Vegeta brothers. I am you may see him in the Discord talking about his uh, hikes as he ventures into his own mind and journey of existence and reminiscing of the days of playing Set One Crit Vegeta. We, we have Mr. Giancarlo back to the show. Welcome back. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? It's good to be on. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for the sick intro. Yeah. Um, I do post pictures of my hikes like all the time. Um, if you guys aren't in the Discord and you're and you don't know what he's talking about, I prefer to just think about Dragon Ball rather than play it a lot of the times. So I will just go into the woods with my dogs and walk around while thinking about decks. And that has brought me a lot of success in this game. I, I would recommend it highly to anyone to at least try it out. Nice, nice. The, the spiritual Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a form of meditation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, shoot, man. I'm glad to have you back on. It's been a while since uh, you've been on the show. I think last one was probably a couple months ago with you and Sublet. Um, yep. But yeah, so we're we're doing this series, The Road to Nats. This is the the final episode. And um, 
we're you know we're we're breaking down the the top tier decks, the top decks that we think we're going to see at nationals. So I just want to ask you before we really dive into our topic today, in your opinion, in your opinion, what are like if you had to list off like three or four decks that you know, okay, I'm most like I mean, you're not guaranteed anything, right? Like people yeah, talked right. about in storm format through all of Swiss, they saw one storm deck and and fine and that's you know. Yeah. So obviously anything can happen, but we have to try to project our odds, you know, the best we can. What what do you think mm. you're most likely to see? Like if you had to pick like three, four, even five, like what are the what do you think are the most popular decks oh, yeah. we're gonna see? All right. So obvious choices, right? We're gonna see Soul Striker. Um probably the best blue deck. We're gonna see Gogeta Zenu, probably the best black deck. We're gonna see Cell Surge, which is the boogeyman, I think, in a lot of people's minds. Um and those are the decks I think we'll see the most of, period. We'll see some amount of Icarus players, uh, one of them being me. And then some type of wild card red strategy, whether I think it could be start of Vegeta. I think that leader is really good right now. Um, and th those would be, I'd say you're guaranteed to play at least one of those throughout the entire day. Yeah. Because yeah. there's going to be, what, seven, seven or eight rounds? Five of those rounds are guaranteed to be one of those decks. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I, the the starter Vegeta, I think, is a little bit more of an interesting take. I haven't heard as many mm -hmm. people talking about that one. That's that's a pretty cool take there. Um, yeah, I, and I think really with Soul Striker 2, you can just sum it up to blue decks. You know, you're, you're going to see some deck mashing in a bunch of good blue cards, and yeah. Soul Striker is the best blue generic leader, so I agree with that too. Mm -hmm. yeah we could see kaba as well i mean it depends on if we're gonna like blue yellow will be first of all blue yellow is gonna win nationals like i 100 <laughs> believe a blue if you pay every, attention everyone to Dragon coming Ball, on the show keeps saying that it's so funny yeah blue yellow has won every nationals it has been historically the strongest color combination the game has ever seen and we are getting a ton of blue yellow support whether yeah, I mean, whether we're, you're we're getting one of the best blue yellow cards has been printed in a while <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that didn't hit. Didn't they had to ban the two good blue yellow right. cards? And we got we got banned in an errata, and they were like, "We know you're upset about this, so here's Kefla." <laughs> so, and not only that, but like we have, we still have Goku Black uh, Epochal Schemer, which is one of the best cards in the game right now. I yep, think. Yep. Yep. Um, it's another baby hatch have, in your deck. Yeah, it's it's you play baby hatch on your turn. So it's like, does my opponent have secret identity? No. Um, yeah. bet. All right, cool. Exactly. Yeah. And it untaps and energy. So you can bean like it's, this shit is nuts. Um, I'm playing four in my Icarus deck. So, you know, like turns four, five and six, I just want to play Goku, play Goku, play Goku. And then I'll win <laughs> on that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I see no yeah. flaw in that logic there. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I think ultimately, like, Cell is the boogeyman that people are worried about because, let's be honest, that deck is cancer. You know what I mean? Like, it's not unbeatable. It's just one of the more frustrating decks to play against. Um, I feel like any time Hand Destruction is a deck that just, yeah. it's it immediately becomes the boogeyman. Yeah, um, it's, it's just, it's not very interactable. It's, I'll be honest, I don't particularly think it's very skillful. Like the person playing cell can be bad and they'll still win the game because all they have to do is subtract, right? Oh, you have seven cards in hand. Let me subtract five. Okay. Well, I win now. Um, 
And then they're main decking BMS, which just makes it's like a you can't play the game card. So See, it's I, a great deck. I, Let's you know. I think honestly, a, it is a good deck. But I, I feel like main decking BMS is just wrong. I don't like it. Like uh, I understand. I, well, I understand obviously, it, to say the least, right? but it's I mean, like, yeah. I mean, my issue is if you main it and you play it, and your opponent doesn't have Deborah mained, mm. this shit's hella neg, and now you're behind. Depends on the matchup. You're 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 correct in the fact that like against like Soul Striker, it's completely dead, right? But then like you'll play against I don't know, like let's say Icarus, right? It's like oh well, like I can't summon most of my deck now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th- I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. At most, I'm siding it. That that's just me. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're they're guaranteed to side it either way. But but what I'm like, it's just frustrating no matter what, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that because it's the boogeyman, people. This is what I'm hoping, right? So. Icarus, I'm playing it as, and we'll get into this more complicated aspects later into the podcast, but I'll just intro it by saying I'm playing like the most control slow burn version I can possibly play because I want people to play aggro decks to counter the theory of Cell Surge. So if everyone's playing an aggro deck because they want to counter Cell Surge and I'm playing this impossible to die Icarus deck, I'm just going to eat up all those aggro matches. So that's what I would like to see at Nationals. That's like my preferred uh i guess uh bracket you know if i had to choose what decks i'd play against i want all the aggro decks right right that makes sense that makes a lot of sense so yeah we're we're going to be really diving deep into icarus in this episode we'll we'll kind of start with just going over the basics of the deck and kind of surface level stuff and then we're really gonna get in deep into what the deck can do as well as some of the strategies that are good for sideboarding and some of your your worst matchups and also if you're playing against Icarus some tips as well as sideboard cards maybe you can play to help uh, yourself out Um, before we go into everything about the deck I just want to ask your opinion if you had to pick and I'm asking everyone who comes on this series about their Mm -hmm. deck um, what percentage of the room if you had to just take a a wild guess do you think is going to be on Icarus Less than I'd say a solid twelve to fifteen. 12 Definitely to 15. less okay. less than twenty percent because people will just play Soul Striker instead. <laughs> that that's what I think. Okay. I yeah. see, I think man, I don't I think the deck is so good. Like I mm-hmm. it would not surprise me to come in and see twenty to twenty five percent of the room on Icarus. It just wouldn't surprise me. Hmm. I would be I would be pleasantly surprised if that were the case. And I I think people should play Icarus because I'm going to go ahead and just be on record here saying that I actually still think Icarus is the best deck in the format. Um, I have no objection. I have no objection to that. Yeah, it is like I would. So when we we'll go ahead and say last format when we're filming this, it's not technically November 1st, but I'm sure by the time this is out, it will be. So last format with Bojack being at four violent rush. The deck was pretty much tier zero. Like whether whether it was like whether you think it was tier zero or not, it won like seventy percent of every event in this format. That's a huge chunk of the pie. Whether it's tier zero or not, it doesn't matter. But we won't see that at nationals. We won't see seventy, like fifty to seventy percent of the top being Icarus. We'll probably see two, one or two or three. But I still think ultimately it is still the best deck in the format. Um because it draws too many damn cards. Like there's no game that I don't have 15 cards in hand 
and now I have Turles, and now I have Steadfast Goku. <laughs> They're uh, so good. <laughs> yeah, like I'm literally just like adding eight cards to my deck, and these eight cards are some of the best cards you could have possibly given yellow as a color. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree, and um, yeah, man, the deck is just <laughs> the deck is wild. Um, yeah. I, like like I said, it, I think a lot of people went off of it initially. I'm just by the time that's comes around, I'm just wondering how many are going to come back to it and just be like, ah, yeah. deck's deck's still really good. Deck's it's still, still really, really good. good. Yeah. And I I really love the mirror because the mirror is extremely skillful. Um, you know, I I say the the player who is playing the mirror better is the one who's going to win. And I mean, at Gen Con, I lost to Andrew Duvall in the mirror because he was playing better. Like, it wasn't a top deck. It wasn't deck building choice. It was literally he played better than me and he won. And I wasn't mad at all. I was like, this is the format that I want to play in because if I'm playing good, I deserve to win. If my opponent is playing good, they deserve to win. And that is, like, the exact card game that I want to play. So, like, I'm absolutely in love with the deck. You know, I thought last format was probably... I would put it at one of the best formats in Dragon Ball history. I'd put it definitely top three for sure. Um, wow. Wow. In, in all of Dragon Ball history. Cause I mean, I just had such a good format. Like everything was about how well you're playing and like if you're playing better than your opponent and how to outplay your opponent. And it, it wasn't like, oh yeah, this, this aggro deck exists and I have to main deck 10 cards to not die on turn one. Right. You know right. I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's, to your point too about what tier the deck was i think um i think you kind of get uh, people get into semantics over defining yeah. tiers but i think everyone well maybe not everyone uh i think the majority of people would agree it was at least in a tier of its own whether you yeah. want to give it the tier you know quote unquote tier zero tag whatever yeah. but it was certainly in a tier above every other deck by itself and i think yeah, everyone can 100%. agree on that yeah um all right so you've had a lot obviously uh if people did not already know i think they obviously have learned that you really love this deck and this is a deck you've put a lot of time into can mm -hmm. you just talk about kind of the general strategy of the deck for those that may not yep. be as experienced with it yeah um so i think the way i and and so i can only talk about my testing circle we have a lot of icarus players so like just for example, last night, me, Sublet, Trey Faircloth, and Juan, uh, Juan Gabriel, we're all on PPG. We spent about an hour last night arguing about how to play Icarus. So, like, <laughs> I, I literally, I am okay with going to turn twenty-seven. I don't care if I, I'm not, I'm not going to try to kill you on turn five. I'm not really going to, unless, unless you're like, like two life, right? A lot of the games I've been playing, you're going to be at like three to four life going into turn five. And I just don't need to kill you because I'm always going to be able to outgrind you. Um, I'll, obviously I'm going to play around foo in 17. Like we're, we're going to assess the threats, but like I am trying to play this as the slowest control, like just grind game that I could possibly play. And me and Sublet joke is like the win con is attacking with robotic repose six times. Um, so <laughs> that that's the way I'm trying to play the deck. Um, so my general strategy is just, Draw a lot of cards, play a lot of counters, um, summon Goku Rose, block a lot of attacks, and then eventually you'll have five cards in hand to my 12, and I automatically win. Yeah. It's super cool, too, because it, it is almost reminiscent of some older, kind of old school Dragon Ball, where you're constantly mm -hmm. trying to focus on accruing that advantage. 
uh, yeah. which the game for a while kind of steered away from. So it's cool to see this deck reintroduce that to the format. Um, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. So moving forward, people who want to build Icarus, can you give us the staples? Can you tell us what is mandatory that it doesn't matter if who argues over what way to play the deck? Yes. You're playing these cards in Icarus. Okay. Yeah, that's easy. So power of a super saiyan. Um pro like just best card in the deck, right? It's like it's uh if you have a mono yellow energy Price up, busted. you rest yeah, you rest something and you draw a card. So it's a proactive negate, it triggers poutine, it triggers Bergamo, um, it cycles itself, it's an extra card, so it fuels stuff like robotic repose, steadfast Goku. Uh, those are other staples. Mecha Freezer, Robotic Repost. I think his name is Steadfast Goku, the new SR from set 15. I know what um, you're talking about. Yeah, I, I just is, assumed uh, you were correct. <laughs> yeah, I'm Son Goku Steadfast Alliance. That okay. card, uh, I'm. you should just be playing four. That card is nuts. Um, Turles, All Too Easy, the new SR Turles from set 15. Uh, Son Goku, uh, SS Rosea Goku Black Apocal Schemer, the one that summons four blockers. Um, you know, those are just that those are the main linchpins of the deck, pretty much. Um, you have Final Flash, uh Vegeta's Final Flash, good yellow staple, um, Poutine, the little three-drop poutine that summons herself from free. Uh uh, what's his name? Zamasu super combo, blue yellow staple. And then I will go back and I'll say max power Kamehameha, which is a black card. Um, I know Jimmy loves this card. We've talked about it plenty oh, yeah. of times. It's it's back into rotation as being one of the better cards oh, in the deck. Yeah. Um because Kefla exists and not just Kefla, right? But you have Go uh, there, you have there's Gogeta a lot Zeno. of just big cards right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, I feel it, like we're in a real big format, bomb yeah. format. Absolutely, yeah. So it just depends on the format where like sometimes people are just playing four drops and max power is not amazing. But it's like we have Kefla, we have maybe Sin Shenron, we have um Gogeta Zenu. Uh, and like those, like they summon Kefla and it's never safe. Like I can either, I can Goku Kefla on my opponent's turn or I can max power Kefla on my own turn. So whenever you want to try to Kefla me, I'm always going to have the answer. Right. Um, and then when you're playing in cell surge, because like you have 20 cards in your drop area because you've done discarded your entire hand five times. So you max power and then you add it back to hand. So you get that, that layer of defense without negging yourself through max power. Like it's just one of the most versatile cards in the deck absolutely amazing um yeah so that those are the biggest staples i would say yeah yeah i would uh i definitely i definitely agree with you those are all i think really mandatory cards um and in general you also want to play the the higher dragon right uh well yeah okay yeah so yeah <laughs> um i like the sleepy higher dragon art better so i'm gonna i'm gonna hopefully pick up ah, some foils okay. all right the the set 15 sleepy boy that's what the that's the one I'm hopefully going to be playing at Nationals. Okay, all right. That's so. That's the real spice for everybody. That's yeah. it. Episode's mm -hmm. over. <laughs> yeah, just just change the vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I can't actually decide whether I want to play. This has been like an ongoing conversation between me and Trey. Do we play five vanillas now? Like that's it's like. Do we just add that vanilla for that little bit of extra consistency? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Huh. Yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. I also see people, some people putting the slug engine in the deck. How do you feel mm -hmm. about that? Um, so I've been, okay, I've been, I guess I've been bouncing back and forth between mono yellow Icarus and blue yellow. 
I do think blue yellow is better, which means slug is less playable because it's like it's like a six card package and like slug itself is actually not that good anymore. Like yeah. Gogeta, like for it just the biggest thing that I've always had a problem with is it doesn't have deflect, right? So it can get God sealed, it can get super Kamehameha, yep. it can get it can get Zamasu counterplayed. And if I play it on turn two, it's amazing. Like if I go one drop, turn one, two turn two slug, establish poutine. I'm fucking set. Like that is super strong, but that just doesn't happen. Like realistically, I draw it on turn four or five, and I have to decide whether I want to even play it or not into just a god seal. So it's like I tap three in a god seal. It's like that is horrible. I don't want to do that at all. Right. I'd rather just tap two for Turles, and then they're still gonna god seal. But I still have I have an additional energy up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I've even even when even. The, the slug engine is just so it's so weird right like mm-hmm. there's certain times where it feels very good and within the same format i feel like it's this wave yeah. of like oh man this is really good and then next game oh man this feels freaking terrible why did i put this yeah. in my deck i did i abandoned it last format i just i didn't even play it it felt it felt unnecessary like i don't i don't know how else to put it but it's like it's one of those almost win more, win more cards yeah, where that's like, what i was gonna say yeah yeah, like when it's when it goes off, you're just so plus. But like it's it's such an it's an effort to make it yeah. go off, you know. And when it doesn't go off, it's so clunky. It's, it's like horrible, why am I yeah. looking at these shit cards in my hand? I don't know. Yeah, you can. At, the best thing you can do is discard it to play a one drop to draw a card, and it's like, well, that, <laughs> yeah. sweet. It, that's just a one drop. Yeah, <laughs> I love that filter. Uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I guess you can. Sometimes you can bait your opponent out of a counterplay. I've done. I've done it. People have done it to me. I've done it to them. Where I'll tap one, discard it. I'm like, do you have a response? And then when they counterplay. You can choose not to summon anything, so their counterplay fizzles. Or if it's like a god seal, it just goes back to your hand. So like, okay. it's, that's a cool. <clears throat> that's a one level of utility that barely it it doesn't it doesn't happen enough to warrant like me wanting to play it. So yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's just yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, okay, so we've we've talked a bit about the deck, how to play it, um, some different card choices. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about its place in the format. Are there any matchups that you just do not want to see playing Icarus? Um, I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm confident against anything. There are matchups I don't want to play because they're bad for your, uh, I don't think what's mental health isn't the right word. I guess mental (laughs) fatigue, I guess is a better word. So like if I play against hatch, right. That is a guaranteed 70-minute game going into turn 800. It, it's not necessarily a bad matchup. And you barely finish game one. <laughs> and you barely, yeah. It's not a bad matchup, but it is bad for like your tournament because you're going to spend so much mental energy playing one game against this random-ass deck that like, you know what I mean? So, right, right. And then I would, I would like to, it's, I don't, it's not that I want to avoid cell, but that's another thing, right? Like cell is frustrating to play against. So like whether I win or lose against cell, I find myself tilted. Like it doesn't even matter. Like <laughs> I could be winning and I could, so I'll just be like, I hate this deck. This deck is so stupid. So it's like, you know, I, the, those would be decks I want to avoid, even though I don't think I have a bad matchup against either. Cause like against hatch, I can just cooler foo. So like, I'm going to swing, you're going to negate. I'm going to cooler. You're now at two life. The next turn, I'll play Foo and I automatically win. That That's generally how my hatch testing has gone. I think it's a good enough deck in the format. It's a contender. 
But like the fact that I can just do that means I win. Um, and then against Cell, like by the time sideboarding comes in, I think the matchup is relatively favored in Icarus's favor. But that being said, I'm side decking like eight cards against Cell Surge because I hate hand destruction. <laughs> so, so it's it's just one of those things where it's like. I think I feel like everyone is like I feel like everyone yeah. is walking into Nats with half their sideboard just auto done like not yeah. not even a thought to it. Right. Yeah. I'm on like I think uh, four Deborah, two Saiyan Instincts, and two one drop double striker Goku is just for sell sell. Yeah. Yep. And it's like yeah, I, I just you just don't want to lose to that deck. Now that's the reason I think people will just choose not to play sell because because it's the boogeyman. It's like and it's it's not good enough to be that confident to go into the format like because like we can bring it back to storm format, right? Like storm was an obvious tier, like Hirudagon storm at the first nationals is an obvious tier zero deck. People devoted their entire sideboards to it, but that didn't matter because it was so good. Cell is not that good. So if you have to go against people siding in eight cards against you every single round, you're going to start dropping games. Right. And it's going to be of like no real consequence of what you do. It's that the entire room is preparing solely for your one deck. Or they're just playing aggro to beat you game one, too. Like Gogeta, Zenu, um, uh, or like whatever, Red Starter, Vegeta, both beat the dog shit out of Cell, really. And it's like, people are just going to play those decks because they don't want to lose to Cell. Yeah, it's funny the mind games, I think we all end up playing with ourselves, too, and trying to predict yeah. it. Because when I first started looking at, you know, what I, what I wanted to play and... I still don't know what I'm going to play, but yeah. when I was first just looking at the format, right. And trying to figure stuff out, I was like, man, yeah. every it, it's the whole room's just on cell search. I was like, this deck's wild. Everyone's on it. And then it caught so much hype. I was like, man, everyone's going to side for this. It's probably not the move. And then mm -hmm. it kept getting so hyped. I was like, okay, I feel like we've gotten to, the apex way before the tournament and now it's on its way down <laughs> yeah and now everyone's like man i don't want to go to this tournament with every single person just saying i don't give a shit i'm just not losing to you <laughs> like it, that's like exactly, so many yeah. people's mindsets and now now i've i'm wondering if we get to like then it's like a roller coaster like are we going to get the next upswing where now people go you know what mm -hmm. it was popular and because everyone was siding against it and now that no one else wants to play it now i am going to play it because yeah. now no one else is, and i'm like oh my god how many yeah. circles are we going to go <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I've had I've had that exact circle play out in my mind. Before. It's funny you said that because that's exactly how I thought too. Um, the, uh, <laughs> Coombs gave me some really good advice. Matt Coombs, he said, don't focus on matchups because you know in Dragon Ball you're going to play a different... Like, Dragon Ball is the weirdest card game I've ever played. You can also attest to this. Well, you'll go to a tournament and it doesn't matter what the best decks are. You yep. will play eight different decks. If there are eight rounds, you there is a good likelihood of you playing eight different decks so it's important not to like drown yourself in like oh i hate cell i hate cell i hate cell because the likelihood of you playing cell is once in swiss and once in top cut so come prepared for that one matchup don't like just don't beat yourself up over it you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. i agree i agree i typically only expect to ever see if a deck is really popular i only ever expect to see it twice maybe three times tops yeah exactly yeah yeah at gen con day one i literally played zero icarus decks and then day two <laughs> i played one and it's like you're telling me what was it uh that was like a combined total of 13 rounds and i played the best deck one time right in two tournaments like 
That's you crazy. know what I mean? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's like people just don't play the best deck. They're going to play whatever they want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So bringing us back to Icarus. So that, so it sounds like in your opinion, you feel that it, it has a very even spread that can have advantage on, over most matchups. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if I play against aggro, I'm going to win period. Like it doesn't really matter what aggro deck, um, whether, I mean, we've, we've tried some pretty crazy aggro deck, you know, uh, Robbie's on the team. He's in my testing circle. He only wants to play aggro. So he's trying every aggro deck he can think of, whether it's, um, starter Vegeta or mass Saiyan starter deck or, um, Gogeta Xenu. Like it doesn't matter. He wants to kill on two and I'm just never losing on two. Like, uh, the deck just cannot lose to aggro. I, that's the best way I can put it. Like, you know, um, I've, I've gone up against some like super crazy turns and just, I just make it out. You know what I mean? Um, oh, really, uh, poutine puts in a little, like, <laughs> like oh, yeah. I want to, I just, I always want to see poutine because it's like, if I draw poutine against aggro, oh, I just win. Like, that's how good poutine is against some of those I, decks. I was honestly, there were certain parts during the reign of Vigex where mm. it wasn't at total full power, but it was still very popular. Yeah. I was so happy people were not playing yellow like crazy and playing poutine because yeah. like people did not realize how good poutine was then. It yeah. was like after them because I remember Mike was always playing it and it yeah. was just he was playing yellow Jiren with poutine. I was like, oh, my God, like, yeah. <laughs> this is literally miserable. Um, yeah, poutine, very, very strong against aggro. I agree with that. It's like the equivalent of like six, like however many turns you get, right? That's oh, yeah, how it's many just a free, It's a free negate every turn. Yeah. It's and not only is it a negate, but it usually negates your best card. Like, because yeah. the best card you're going to play is like an overrealm, or it's going to be like Thwarting the Dark Empire, and like Putin just automatically triggers and hits that. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Okay, um, cool. So, well, that's really good insight, I think, for especially for people that are maybe considering this deck. One of the most important things in my mind is the spread. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to play a deck that has too many bad matchups, especially in a exactly. tournament with so many rounds. So the better the spread, the better probably deck choice you have. So I think that's, that's a really important thing to note. Um, yep. So then why don't, why don't we, I, I guess before, before we get into side decking, I'll just kind of leave this open to you. Are there, are there any plays that maybe people aren't thinking of or little cute things that you can do that, uh, you know, that, 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 that Big brain, if as you will, as the kids say, that you wanted to talk mm. about before we get into side deck cards. Um, I guess. Nah, yeah. Uh, learn when to go to combo and learn when to combo your dragon off. Um, a lot of the times, it's not right to aggressively combo higher dragon. Um, so like you like let's take the soul striker matchup for example, right? I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna attack my leader into your leader. And you're gonna neg one to protect it, and like this is assuming we're in the late game. You're at like three life, or we're both at three life. So I'm gonna swing my leader into your leader. You're gonna neg one, okay? I'm gonna summon dragon and pass my turn. You're gonna swing your leader into my leader. I'm gonna combo dragon, not neg one. My leader's at twenty, and I get a free draw. So I I always see people like summon dragon, swing draw, draw. You know, and it's like you could just save the dragon, you know what I mean? Right. It's, um, it's almost in itself a negate end draw. 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm playing like so few arrivals that I just don't want to go to combo anymore. Like I want to negate with repost and I want to summon Goku Black to block. So like we technically go to combo and block, but like not really because I'm not comboing to save my token, you know? Um, so it's like I don't really want to go to combo anymore. So you just have to be really aware of like when do I want to go to the combo step with my leader, what damage I can afford to take, what life I need to stabilize at, and like at what point is my hand getting too low to go to turn 20? Because like if my opponent has five cards in hand and I have 10, okay, I'm straight. But then the next turn, it'll be like they have six in hand and I have eight. So something flipped there to where they're going to start catching up. So now I need to start pressuring their leader more. Because, um, I mean, I'll attack battle cards all I really all day. But, like, sometimes it's just right to attack the leader to make them discard a card. So, like, it's just something you need to keep up with in your own mind of, um, you know, how cl how close are they realistically to catching up so that I need to start actually pressuring their leader. Because... I'm not really I'm not really going to be able to go for game until turn five or turn six. So, you know, and then don't get caught lacking by foo is also something like once your opponent charges to turn six, you need to clear board and then you need to leave one energy up for Goku steadfast because like if they have no board and I steadfast their foo, then I don't lose because they can I can just out combo their leader swing. Yeah. Yeah. But if they have three battle cards and foo, like you're you're probably not surviving and you're not surviving without taking an insane neg. So that's also just something to consider. I agree. I think uh foo will be a very popular card. Yeah. <laughs> I think no, it'll be I a agree. very popular card. Yeah. That's actually the real win con. It's like, yeah, I could attack six times with repose, but I can also just foo and win. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hate that. Sure. I, I, I think foo should, I hate foo, but it, it's like, it's an I, evil that exists. So we're yeah. going to utilize it. Yeah, exactly. I've yeah. man, I was hoping it would get hit, but it is what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, all right, cool, cool. Well, that that was great advice. So let's get into some side deck choices. Uh, mm -hmm. Why don't we first talk about as the Icarus player? What cards are you siding to help in certain matchups? I know you said you don't feel there's too many bad matchups, if any, but maybe in like the ones yeah. that are especially. How are you taking the ones that are 50, 50, 60, 40 and tipping them heavily in your favor? Yeah, uh, great question. So yeah, okay. So we'll start with Ford DeBoer, right? <laughs> that one's pretty obvious. <laughs> um, yeah. Hold on, um, hold on. Can you explain that? <laughs> yes. When your opponent discards cards from your hand and they don't have BMS on the board, you end up you end up drawing a lot, you and then you winning. don't lose. Yeah. Um, Very good analysis. <laughs> yeah, we main so BMS is not a huge issue because we main deck so many outs right so like right, i can right. poss it and then attack it i can steadfast goku it and then attack it i can rest it with anything and then bottom deck it with kaba vegeta lessons learned so like bms is not staying on the board so deborah is actually relevant in the matchup if they want to uh to force breakthrough it that is okay with me like that it's fine that's just a whatever like they they spend an energy to counter my one energy play and we live our lives um, that being said, I am also doing two dry because like, uh, dry is usually better in the later game because I'm not going to be spending a lot of energy. Um, sure, sure. and I'm just going to draw ape, swing, swing, pass. Okay. Now I have cards in hand and you're mm -hmm. like, you're like cell will once cell awakens, like they slowly just start to lose their own hand because yep. like 
they don't draw without paying energy. And if they're paying energy to draw, they're not advancing their they're game not playing, state. Right. Yeah. And it's like their unison also discards a card from their hand every turn. So like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna, they will just, the deck, the thing that Icarus excels at is just running them out of steam because like I draw so many freaking cards that it's impossible to actually hand control me unless, unless your hand is absolutely broken. Like, you know, sell, I've seen Cell discard like 10 cards in one turn before. That is nowhere near the average, and that is nowhere near like what they're going to do. Usually it's like five to six, and then they're done. Like it's like five to six, and then two, and then two, and then two. Yeah. Um, so like one Deborah, one uh, Draw Ape. Yeah, that's going to be good enough. Um, geez, I don't know. Uh, I have not put a crazy amount of work into the sideboard. Uh, Weiss, the one drop Weiss is a good option against Soul Striker. Uh, I'm trying to remember what his full name is. Um, oh man, it's the starter it's like deck the, one, right? The poor Ghost Weiss, yeah. Yeah, it's from Starter Deck Broly. Uh, I don't know. Uh, People uh, know what you mean, though. Yeah, uh, uh, Godly Destruction Weiss. So when ah, your opponent you un when your opponent untaps an energy on their turn with a non awakened skill. Um, they have you can pop one of their energies. So basically, what it does is you play it against Soul Striker. Soul Striker generally has no way to remove it. Like I've I've played games where it's I play it on turn one and it's on the board for all six turns. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, you That's basically wild. just turn off their yeah. You just turn off their leader skill. Um, gee, I don't know. Frost Deadly Poison is a great response to Foo. Yeah, so when your opponent tries yep. to Foo you, you just Frost Deadly Poison it. That you card spend three is energy. amazing. This format, yeah. Yeah, it's super good. Um, and it's not just foo. It's it it's like a cold bloodlust for anything. And then you untap an energy so you can still sense you being like it it does a lot. Um so basically they spend their well, six I energy. Think the, the big thing too three. is that talking about just talking about foo, it there's mm -hmm. such a lack of answers to that card that yeah. having access to an answer just is an immediate advantage, in my opinion. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that's like my biggest problem with Foo is literally only two colors in the entire game have a real answer to it. Yeah. It's it's literally, it's blue, yellow, or the combination. Like, yeah. no other color actually has a, a concrete answer to the to the. No, colors. you're playing like real stupid cards that are probably you're still going to lose to Foo, but... <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's like... It's yeah, rough. like legitimately, Green's only answer is the five-drop Majin Buu that you have to play on turn five. <laughs> like, like, what the hell? <laughs> that is literally the only preactive thing you can do to Foo and Green stupid um which is why green like really isn't playable because like king cold's a cool deck but like you're gonna get to turn six and then immediately lose so yeah uh let's see i don't know giant ball max power those are all good cards i'm not too sold on giant ball anymore because we got a battle card that is essentially the same thing but yep. Yep. Might, there might just be a, yeah there might just be a matchup where you want like a fifth copy we really like gogeta Zenu is a matchup where you want as many giant balls as possible because uh, thwarting doesn't actually get its effect on play; it gets it on attack. Both right. thwarting, so it's Super Saiyan three and Super Saiyan four thwarting. Oh yeah, if you can, there. you giant ball or whatever, you just rest yeah. it, and the next turn you yeah. max power it. Uh, you max rip. power, yeah. Uh, Makeka Burr Unison is like an insane card right now. Um, for the pretty much the same, like generally, like I would try to play it on five so I could still sense you being, but but like, or you play Rose on four, Makeka Burr on five, untap your blue yellow that way um it's it's just a crazy card like it, it draws a card locks something down locks something and then rests something else like the in terms of defense like there's that's a crazy ass card that just says okay i don't lose the game um and you can steal the the eight drop gogeta with it so if they gogeta <laughs> <You can. laughs> yeah so like 
they Gogeta and I giant I like Goku it and then I play Makekabura, draw one, and or you, you know you don't you play it neg four, um, and then take it and then swing and then you trigger its effect and you're like yeah okay GG like <laughs> that's game yep, over like yep. So there's there's plenty of stuff to do. Um, I have not gotten super heavy into the sideboard. I think the reality is that I'm just mainboarding so many sideboard cards, like cards that you would think are sideboard cards. You just mainboard, like like steadfast Goku, um, or or Final Flash, like uh, or Max Power. It's like I'm just main decking those, right? So sure. um, I'm main decking Fu, and then you swap it out to Secret Identity for an aggro matchup, like. I'm not getting to turn six against Gogeta Zenu. I don't want to get to turn six. I then you know, like I can just run them out of steam by turn four. And then like one secret identity comes in, clears authority and attacks a one drop. We're good to go. Yeah, I I really like secret identity right now. I think it's a card yeah. that sh- that will that should and probably will be in a lot of people's sixty-five to seventy-five list. Yeah. Uh people just don't like people like fighting against fate, and I don't see why. That's crazy. That was one of the, that's one of the things that we were, I don't think no, I have right. one deck where I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to play this card right now. Bro, I remember like when I built Vagex um, in set 14 had just come out. I literally wasn't even playing Fighting Against Fate. And it's like, I just, I genuinely hate this card. Like, it's just not <laughs> that good. People like, like, cool. It's cool. It attacks really a lot big. But I would rather just Secret ID. Like, nine times out of ten, Secret Identity is better. Yeah, you know, yeah, I the mean, only time you really like have very, to be a pure aggro yeah. strategy, right? Yeah, it's like my opponent's at one life and they have one negate in hand. Oh, cool, fighting his fate is better. Yeah, right, right. But like right. that's such a specific scenario. Um, no, I, I think people will play fate. I don't. They just like the card better. It's better against cell surge. It is better against cell surge. That is a fact because like uh, surge isn't going to have any battle cards to kill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you get those two, you get two damage in essentially. Like they, they're going to need a lot of super combos and cells. Kamehameha's did not take that damage. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, then, then we go back, like, then we go back into the yeah. circle. <laughs> we go back into the circle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But I'm, I'm maining foo, siding ID because uh, against an aggro deck, I'm just going to swap them. Uh, I guess that's cool. the sideboard. Yeah. I'm I'm not main decking Zamasu counterplay anymore, and I'm considering like because I just I don't like the card anymore. I don't I think it's cool, but like I don't need blue yellow energy. I just need one on turn one, so I can just I can just charge a blue yellow on turn one, and for and the rest good. of the game, you have your blue. I don't I don't need it. Um. Uh, so I'm considering siding it because it's like in some matchups it's amazing. Like I don't know how prevalent red green will be. But like, if I play against a red green, you know they someone's gonna play it though. You know someone. <laughs> you is, you yeah. know there's gonna be people there that are like, I'm gonna burn everyone. <laughs> exactly. So like, yeah, they're gonna tap two for their Piccolo, and I'm gonna Zamasu it, and I'm gonna be like, all right, I win. GG. <laughs> We're good to go. <laughs> Extend the <Yeah>. hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and then like the next turn, I'll go to it, and I'll be like, I can't lose. It's impossible. I can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something I'm considering. I'm not sure yet. Um, okay. cool. All I can really say is there's more testing to be done, but. No, for yeah, sure. It, it's all something to consider. No, I think uh, I think that that's a lot of of really good, really good cards that people can side. My only other question was: Are you pl- maining or are you siding or just off of? I maybe not off of. I think the card's really good, but I could be wrong. I've only played against Icarus at this point. I've never played the deck myself. Yeah, um, it's just not a deck that caught my attention. But like, just 
personal preference. But yeah. uh, Son Goku, Absolute Annihilation. How do you feel about that card? I'm off of it. Really? Um, really? Okay. Buster is gone. Yeah. So I don't really care about any other extra card, right? Like, um, that card was better in a more aggressive deck, I think. Like, it's not a card you want to really play in a control deck because I'm going to play it and then it's going to sit on the field for four turns. Yeah. And like, it's just, it was really, it was really, really broken in the other version because it was like, play it, attack, since you mean, since you mean, go for game. You can play maybe one negate for the entire turn now. But right. now it's like, I'll play it, pass. And then my opponent is like, okay, I'll just leave three energy up, pass. And it's like, okay, well, um, yeah. Yeah, it's I, a fair point. I would never say that's a bad card. There's obviously some matchups. Like, I would definitely consider citing it because, like, what if I play against King Cold? What if I play against Invoker? Like, sure. oh, okay, I'll just play Annihilator. The card's amazing in those decks. Yep. Um, but then, like, what if I don't see those decks? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, for sure. It, if Buster was still in the format, it would be an auto-include because, I mean, Buster was just super powerful and that card was a great answer to it. Um, if you're playing a more aggressive blue-yellow strategy, then I would definitely say you should main it. If you're playing a more control blue-yellow strategy, then you don't need it. Okay, all right. That's uh, that's good insight. It's good insight. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I think we've covered that pretty well. So since we think that, I think it's safe to say we both agree regardless of our slight difference in what we think the percent of the room will be on it. I think we both agree. You're going to see it once. Um, oh yeah. Very, very strong. I would be very surprised um, if there were a, a lot of people who had a full run at Nats without seeing the deck at least one time. Yeah. So what are some cards that can help people out to side versus Icarus? I know before you mentioned uh, BMS, um yeah what are, yeah. are are there any other cards that you can recommend to other people <laughs> i guess yeah. it's a little awkward what, what do people side to oh, beat no, you john carlo <laughs> uh yes no i don't know no i'm kidding um <laughs> <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah so okay um realistically like crown is amazing uh broly crown of retribution is so good against this deck because like I don't want to waste a counterplay on it, so you're just going to snipe a super combo out of my hand for completely for free, and then you're going to combo with Crown, and I'll be like, "Up, oh, that sucks." Yeah. Um, obviously, that's only locked to red strategies. So let me think about some other cards, right? Um, anything that can provide you a lot of value, so like something like Abune, After Image Slash, Goku Black, Apocal Schemer. Even though, like, the thing is, I can rest the tokens, but that doesn't mean I can kill them. So, like, if you summon Abune. And I rest all of your tokens. That's okay because they're they're just on the board next turn. You know what I mean? Right, right. Um, Zeno super Zeno unison. Just is still just amazing. random thought that popped in my head too. Yeah. Um, I, what, how do you feel about flying Nimbus? But it just you just it just made me yeah. think of it when you said Obuni, and I was like, mm, yeah, it's a lot of attacks. I've cons- yeah, I've considered it. So like, I'm playing. A shit ton of negates already. Right. My, my only problem is that Nimbus cost one, and I would only want a Nimbus if they Koitsukai. So if they Koitsukai, um, Repost is a huge neg. Uh, so I would want to Nimbus. Now, but what I've been doing lately is when they Koitsukai me, I still just Repost because it doesn't matter. Like I have 12 cards in hand, I'll go down to 10. It's okay, you know? Yeah. If it saves you the turn, th- yeah. those are, you would add to combo anyways. So. Right, I'll still just play the floodgate, yeah. Yeah. So, 
I think Nimbus would be situationally amazing. Like I, I've been heavily considering citing it because people will Kotsukai like, oh yeah, that's another great card. Kotsukai. Yeah. Now that we're on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Kotsukai is a really good card because it, it just, I can't play my deck without negging. It's extremely reactive. Like the best answer to Kotsukai is a Pockle Schemer, which is like a four cost. You know what I mean? Yep. So if you Kotsukai me on turn three and then try to push a lot of damage, you're going to get a lot of advantage out of that Kotsukai. Um, so yeah, Nimbus would be a, a consider, I'm considering citing it. I haven't locked it in yet, but it is something on my mind. Um, yeah, Kuitsukai is amazing. I said crown already. Um, I guess the biggest thing I would say is don't fall into the pitfall of like, don't, I used to say don't play into Zamasu. Now I'm going to say don't play into Goku super easily. Like, Try to bait out the Goku with cards that cost one energy and then like and then play something, you know, because like a lot of people will just slam their big boss into Goku and get upset that right, right. <coughs> excuse me, that they lose the game now. So instead of slamming your boss into Goku, go ahead and slam it into slam your one drop into Goku and then play your boss. Um geez, it's hard to say. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like, what is blue? I, I mean, set a Bune for blue, Koitsukai for anything. Um Oh, the Cunnings. Uh, every color has like a version of so-and-so the Cunning. Yep. Um, your opponent can't untap energy on their turn without a leader ability, without warping five. So I can't aggressively send to Bean. Goku Black can't untap the energy because Goku Black actually untaps it at the end of the turn. Um, so, And the Cunning is a lingering effect of the entire game. So if you're playing a deck that doesn't untap energy, let's just say Red Jiren, for example... Um, you summon peel off the cunning turn one for the rest of the game. Your opponent is playing with like this really stupid hindrance that doesn't affect you whatsoever. And they also just draw a card. So one mana draw one, put a burden on your opponent for the entire game. Those are also really good cards against Icarus. Okay. Um, the, because like if I want to aggressively sensu bean, oh, I probably, I probably can't, you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. The, and the, the, and like you said, especially with those cards too, that's for the game. Yeah, so it, just, it, it's it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's for the entire game, period. Like, summon, draw a card, and then you summon the second one, and then it's it's yeah, 10 yeah. cards. <laughs> so then it's really impossible. So now yep. my sensu beans are purely defensive. Yep. Um, yeah, and then most people, pretty much everybody knows this now, but playing around Final Flash is also how you play around Kefla. Um, because, like, if you go all in with a battle card, I can flash it or I can Kefla. Um, so you're going to want to go in with your leader or your unison. So that, that one's like, that one's pretty obvious. Everyone pretty much already does that. But like, if you didn't know that, then do it that way. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, you know, <laughs> now, you know, yeah. Cause like you go in with your double strike, I flash it, it loses double strike. I take a damage and you have zero cards in hand. Yeah. Uh, or I Kefla and bottom deck it to end the battle. Similar to Shigesh Kid Goku. Um, so just, you, you want to try to win with your leader now. Um, uh, but that's been a thing forever. Most people know that. With the uh, with the amount of cards that Icarus draws, are you? Uh, I guess this is completely off topic from what the question I asked you, but I think you've already given uh, a good amount of side deck cards for people. Uh, this just came to mind. Are you worried about any mill decks? Uh, no, mill decks suck in a format okay. where Cell Surge and Gogeta Xeno exist. Yeah, play mill. It doesn't like <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm with you. Uh, yeah. I'm just wondering <laughs> with, with the yeah, amount that it draws, if it's nah. if it struggles there. Yeah. So I'll. I mean, I can. I'll just slow down and foo, right? I mean, that's the strategy there. 
Yeah. Uh, now, if you mill foo, then sure, that sucks. I mean, that's always a possibility, but right. I can I can just slow down and like the mill decks generally are really bad. They just have like the gimmick, and if you I play agree. around the gimmick, all they're left with is a bad deck. So like, but it's also like imagine playing mill against Selzeno, and they're like you're like swing or like say Janemba, right? You're like swing, and they're like mill Rebirian and Bardock the <laughs> Eliminator. <laughs> you're like, oh, uh, well, I lose. Well, like, that sucks. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're just and then even against Gogeta Xena, right? They're like, okay, cool, thanks. Overrealm, yep. play Thwarting, swing, swing, swing. It's like it's just yep. if you're playing Mill specifically to counter Icarus, you're out of your mind because like you're you're trying to win a ten, like let's say like fifteen percent of the room is Icarus, eighty percent of the room automatically beats you. So yeah, I mean that, I that ties into what you said earlier. Yeah, you, know? it, right. you can't get too caught up in you can't overplan for what you're going to see. You just have to understand the odds of what you will see and make sure you are prepped should that happen. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it's a good way to think about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you just, you don't focus on the matchup specifically folk. Obviously you have to address some issues with deck building, but like focus on playing a really good deck and focus on playing really well. And you will do fine in nationals. Like it's, there's only 16 spots. Everyone is fighting for those 16 spots, but like, if you're playing a good deck and you're playing well that day, that's all you should be focusing on. Nothing else matters because it doesn't matter like how bad your matchup is because you can still just win by playing well. Obviously, that's like not that's never a hundred percent guaranteed, but it's like I've seen Sublet beat Cell Surge with SS4, which is like right. He it's did, an, did he it's do it impossible. twice at Gen Con? He did it once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. It was a it was the best two out of three. Yeah, yeah. He okay. uh, he two owed him. Okay. And it was like. Yeah, uh, I don't know how I did it, but he did because he was just playing <laughs> way better than his opponent. And it's like, f- play a good deck, play your game well, and you don't have to worry about matchups, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, well yeah. said, well said. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, I think we've really gone into a lot of different aspects of Icarus. I think it's one of the most important decks to understand because I do agree that it was the best deck and likely still is the best deck. Um, You are doing yourself a disservice if you don't understand the deck and haven't put any time into playtesting against it. Because although we've said you don't want to over prep and overthink it and really spend too much of your time over planning for a deck, you should still spend an adequate amount of time so you are prepared for it. Because if you have not played against it, you're you have i mean you're not going to stand a chance yeah that is very true yeah just be very aware of the things you can do we do still have time like i said well probably not when you're listening to this but we're filming this on the 28th so it's like what nats is in three weeks right i i'm like i'm probably like a hundred ish games deep already so like i've been play testing the deck for two or three weeks now i'm definitely at a hundred probably close to 200 games I'm going to probably play like another several hundred games before um, nationals is going to go. So like that just goes into, okay, I'm going to play the best I can because I played the most and I practiced really hard and I was prepared. Um, So just we, you, you have time, make sure you utilize that time the best you can. Obviously life gets in the way, but like if you want to do well at Nats, you're going to have to make some time in your life, give up something else to play some dragon ball <laughs> and it's once a, nationals is once a year you know it's right. not like you're doing this right. every week yep 
Yep, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, cool. Well, I think uh I, I think that should really do it. I, I I think this was a great episode. I think there's a lot to learn from it. Um mm-hmm. before I just close this out, was there anything we missed or anything you wanted to discuss still about the deck? Uh no, I think we're good. Um this is I've played in every Nats. Obviously, I've never topped one because you know I guess I suck, but this is like <laughs> this is the Nats I'm the most confident in. This is like I'm going in with what I think is an amazing deck. Like the other two nationals, I think I just played bad decks because I was like, I got caught up in my own circle. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, And so now I'm going in with what I think is an amazing deck. I think I'm practicing, I'm preparing, I'm going in as confident as I've ever been. Um, I'm very confident that I'll get a top 16. I can just go ahead and say that now. Uh, That's generally my goal. And I'm really excited to Nats because I really want to prove that I can do that. You know what I mean? So, Hey, man, I, um, I, b- I believe you can do it. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, I want me and Tubb with both the top, obviously. So, I mean, me and him, we can play in top four, and I'll just be – I'll be happy with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then he can win, whatever. We'll play in top four, and then I'll lose, and then he can go win nationals. It is what it is, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's yeah. been a pleasure having you on. Any shout-outs you want to yep. give? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I always love being on the pod, man. Obviously, a huge fan of the podcast. Huge fan of the Discord. Shout out to everyone in the Discord. There's honestly too many of y'all to name, but like, for real, um, I love the Discord, man. I, I love the community uh, you've built with Herman Style. Um, it's great to participate in. So just, yeah, obviously, shout out to everybody, man. Um, good luck at Nationals, man. Um, and look, man, whatever happens, like, it's about to be sick as hell, bro. Me, uh, you, uh, Armando, the, all the other Canadian dudes, pretty much the whole community that I know of is staying at the same hotel. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's going to be hotel, a blast, bro. <laughs> that shit is going to be bumping, bro. Like, <laughs> like we're, you're going to go to floor number two and be like, all right, let me find the room. I'm going to go. You're going to take shots at floor number two. You're going to go up to floor number four. You're going to play a couple games, take a couple <laughs> more shots. Go to floor number six. Oh, hey, I didn't know you were here. All right, cool. Let's take some shots. Like, it's It's going to be... That hotel is gonna be bumping. We're gonna we're gonna have a good ass time. You know, I I've never been to Cali before. I can't wait to experience what I can of California while I'm there. Um, so hell yeah, man! I'm oh, just man. I'm so excited. Oh, me too. Me too. It, yeah. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be killer. But yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you for coming on the show, and uh, I'll see you in a few weeks. Hell yeah, man! Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Results of training. And another episode in the books. Thank you again to Giancarlo for coming on the show. It is always a pleasure uh, getting to chat with him. And I hope you all enjoyed that as much as I did and gave you some new insight uh, into Icarus, how it plays, how to play against it, and what you will see at Nats. But moving on, it is time for results of training, of course, brought to you by Pro Mats, the best mats in the game. If you don't have one, you're doing yourself a disservice. The Hermit Style Mats... I have gotten amazing feedback on. I actually just got another order in. So if you'd like some, let me know. But seriously, top-notch quality. I literally do not play with another mat um, ever since I got one. It, it truly is that much better. I would not say that if I didn't mean it. And um, yeah, go to promats-customs.com. Check out all of his amazing designs. He has posting new ones all the time. I think recently he's been working on some for My Hero Academia. So if you're into that, he's got that too. Uh, But show him some love. He does a lot to support the show, and we truly appreciate having them as a sponsor. 
But anyways, results of training. So this this segment's going to be a little different than normal. I usually talk about very specific matches I played, but I want to I I kind of talked a little bit about it in the beginning of the episode, and we're going to revisit it now. So I've been testing a lot of Hatchack, a lot of Hatchack. Uh, I feel like the deck is very strong and well positioned, but because of this rules update, I the, the deck almost as unplayable for me at this point for Nats. It's still a consideration, but it has dropped way down on the ranks for me. I just can't imagine putting that kind of stress on myself where I have to win game one every single time. Like you're, you're already trying to do that with Hatch. Like you already know it's going to be tough to finish two games, but there is a chance you could, or if things are just going abysmal, you can always just say, all right, I scoop, let's go to game two. That way you can try and finish game two. Uh, with within enough time within the round at this point I don't think that's even possible you truly need it those last 10 minutes you truly needed them and not having them in turn zero through four uh, it's just heartbreaking for that deck um, so yeah I, I'm probably off of it which is a shame because I feel like a, I've spent a lot of time testing this deck and I feel like a lot of my testing is a wash now it's just for nothing because of this rule Um uh, so I don't know. There, there's a chance maybe I still play it, but it just doesn't feel good walking into Nats already at a disadvantage. And l- like I've said before, there's already so many disadvantages players have uh, beyond their control. Having another just makes it feel all that much worse. I did test a little bit of Gogeta Zeno. Um, the deck's fine. Like it, it, the deck does what it does. My issue with it is still just the RNG. There's certain matchups where, you know, if you don't hit turn one, you just, you lose. <laughs> um, not not every matchup is like that. You, you can do fine. You can sustain. You can play it more mid-rangey if you can't pop off in the beginning. There's certain matchups where you want to play that way. But just knowing that depending on how your mills go, you you're, you're kind of, uh, it, it's like you're at the mercy of the mill, you know, like the mill is really going to determine your, at least your first few turns or at least first two turns. So I don't necessarily like taking that into a tournament where I'm going to be playing against such high level players. Uh, I don't know. I, I'd rather have something where I'm a little more consistent in the early game than that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. It's definitely a contender for me. I think one of the big pros that it has right now is that it can finish three games, which let's be honest at this point, if you're playing a deck that can effectively finish three games of Dragon Ball within the 70 minute time frame, you're at an advantage. You don't have to play weird to try and play around these rules where you know you aren't getting that extra 10 minutes in game two. If you know your deck can always finish game one and two, then you know if you go to game three, you're always going to get that extra 10. You're always going to get those extra four turns. Well, I mean, you might not get the four turns, but you, you get what I'm saying. Uh, that's certainly an advantage to you as the player. It gives you a little bit more time, a little bit more space to work with. So we'll see. That, that's definitely something it's got going for it. Um, as we talked about last week on the show, its aggressiveness definitely helps with Cell Surge, which will be a popular deck. So it's certainly a contender. Uh, and it definitely jumped up in my ranks because of this announcement. But we we will see. We will see. Um, I'm like I said, I'm going to be testing a lot today, so I'm hoping to have a little bit more for this segment next week. This this week, I'm sorry that it is a little bit shallow. It's just I'm not going to spend time talking about a bunch of different games with Hatch when <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it just doesn't matter. I don't know. 
Um, but that's it. That's it for results of training. Uh, let's uh, let's see what Monaka's got for us. I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaka? Monaka's delivery service. All right. And for those of you who are new to the show, this is basically our listener Q&A. If you would like to participate and have your questions answered on the show, all you have to do is join the Discord, communicate, interact, gain XP in the Discord, and get yourself to level 7. Once you hit that, you will gain access to the Unaka's Delivery Service channel, where you can post your questions that we answer live on the show. So sadly, I did answer three questions earlier today, and I delete the questions as I answer them, and now I'm trying to remember who asked and what they asked. Um, I know that the first question I did answer from Chunkin, and gosh, I'm trying so hard to remember your question. I'll be honest, it escapes me completely as to what you asked. So uh, if you're listening, if you can post your question again, I will personally select it next week to answer your question. Um, I, it literally just completely escaped me. I apologize. But I do remember Jay's question. I answered one of Jay's. Uh, Jay, the Grim Reaper of Justice, which it pains me to say his full username in the Discord. <laughs> but you all know him, the Kami House Security Chief. Uh, he, <laughs> he had a funny question. He asked, if you had to choose between cookies and Mike, both are falling off a cliff and you have to pick one to save. Who do you pick? And then his second question was, why is it the cookies? <laughs> that had me cracking up. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I love cookies. I do love cookies. Why it would be cookies? You have to be more specific in your question. Like what, like, all right, we got to break the cookies down into your list, right? Like tier one, you've got, Panera candy cookies and oatmeal raisin. They're, they're always in tier one. There, there's, there's no way they're not. Uh, you've got famous uncle Al's the hot dog place. I don't know if they're more in more places than in our area, but their cookies, the homemade chocolate chip cookies they bake every day. Phenomenal. They're up there and glory's bakery, which is another little, I believe it's just a little local place here. Um, they're chocolate chip cookies. All those those four, all tier one. Like I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. That you already have a limited time to eat cookies. You, you can't let them go stale. So it's already in my mind. I gotta grab them quick. I, you, you can't let tier one cookies fall down a cliff, man. You just can't. And you know, Mike, Mike probably be all right. Catch a rock or something. I throw some rope down. We could probably still save them. But the cookies don't have a chance. The cookies don't have arms. They don't have legs. Mike, Mike. Mike's a smart guy. He's, he's a strategist. I'm sure he can, he can figure his way out of that. And you know, once I get my cookie and grab some rope and help him out. And also if it's less than a tier one cookie, Mike, I got you. I got you, bro. Don't, don't, don't worry. <laughs> All right. Uh, enough silliness. Let's, let's get to another fun. Well, another fun one. I'll get to one that's more Dragon Ball focused. And the, the third question I really don't remember who it was or what your question was. I'm sorry. If if you notice I deleted your question, just repost it, please. I, I apologize. I, I wish I could remember. I was kind of flying through them this morning. But let's see. Um, I'll pick one now at random. Okay, Reductive of Icewind Dale. You ask a lot of questions. You get your questions picked a lot. Good questions. Uh, do you think they should use art from the manga as some of the card designs in the future? Um, yeah, absolutely. They've actually done this before. So for those who don't know, Apex of Power 
is actually a full art, a full color art page from the online manga um, for Apex of Power. So a lot of people don't know that. Actually, Mike told me that before because uh, I didn't know it either because I don't. I usually only read the the physical manga. I don't read the online. But yeah, a- Apex of Power is actually right from the online manga. So that's pretty cool. And it's funny, a lot of people don't know that, I think, is that becomes more well-known, that it's the only full-color page from the super manga. Uh, I would imagine that will help the the price go up. Um, I don't know if there's been more color pages printed since. That could also affect things, too. But definitely pretty cool what they did with that, especially because it's just amazing art. Um, but yeah, I, I think taking art from anything would be great, and especially if they would just stop taking art from specifically heroes <laughs> let's just take Zeno out of the game and just make it a real dragon ball character <laughs> sorry i probably just made a lot of people mad i just don't like heroes i just don't get it i don't i don't i don't understand why people like it it's the show is not good not good the quality's bad the story's bad it's just fight scenes and even the animation not very good the voice acting not that good No one really tries. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand why people get hype on it. To be honest, the the actual show Dragon Ball that we all love is actually just so much better. Um, so yeah, that that's my hot take. Is please stop with the Xeno art, and if that means switching over from heroes art to manga art, by all means, go for it. That said, the Dragon Ball Super Heroes card game, which it's really an arcade game, those cards are pretty sweet though. Um, those cards are pretty sweet when they do art from the actual series, not just specifically from Heroes. Um, which, if you haven't seen, they just revealed some new SCRs for that game, and oh my god, they're so cool. One of them is Cell. It's two cards. They're, they're pairs of SCRs, so they're paired arts. And one of them is the the big scene of Gohan versus Cell when they're do- both doing the Kamehameha, and the card looks sick. So I'm hoping that that will translate over to Super because we get a lot of their art uh, over in, in the Dragon Ball Super Card game. So that would be really cool if we got that. But anyways, hopefully that answered your question. I'm going to wrap up this episode. I thank you all for listening. Next week, we will be back with the third of our four-part series on the road to Nats. I wish you all the best of luck in your testing, and we will see you next time. Later. Never away. Got a big boy problem. Go to school every day.